All right? So what I want to do at this time, I want to get right into the Word. Amen. Right into the Word. Uh, call a friend or text a friend, I'm sorry. Let them know it's time for the Word. Invite somebody to watch this Word with you. We're talking about renew your mind. Amen. Because that's exactly what we're talking about today. Renew your mind. So anytime we talk about renew your mind, that means there's a purpose. There's a purpose. We talk about how, how do I renew my mind? How do I renew my mind? If God said renew your mind, do you know how to do it? And that's what we want to talk about today because you got to make sure that your mind is renewed. Let's go to the book of Romans, uh, chapter number 12. From the book of Romans, chapter number 12. Paul says in verse 1, I'm reading out the King James, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, I want to read that same thing uh, out of the uh, NLT. I want to read that same thing out of the NLT. Amen. We're going to read Romans chapter number uh, 12. Just Romans chapter number 12. We're going to do at least uh, two verses. Romans chapter 12, verse number two, 1 and 2. Thank you. Uh, it says, And so, dear brothers, we've written out the NLT. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Then he said, this is truly the way to worship. Isn't that something? Worship has to do with your life to God, your conversation, how you live before the Lord every day. He said, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person. How is he going to do it? By changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. God is going to turn you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, that's, a, that's an awesome verse right there because, you know, if God's going to change you, and then he says after he changed you, you're going to be able to know the will of God for your life. So a lot of people want to know the will of God for their life, but they don't want to do it God's way. Present your body, live in sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God with your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then God will show you what is that good, acceptable, and his perfect will for your life. What an awesome verse. Now, what I want to do today is I want to go to uh, Philippians. Now, in this teaching, uh, we, we're going we're gonna to get into a whole lot of things. I, I, I like this word because it's talking about renew. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to give you a lot of definition for the word renew. I got a lot of definition. When God said renew your mind, we're going to talk about the word restore in this teaching. Restore to the former state. Now, when God's going to renew your mind, you're going to restore it to the former state. Now, this morning, I talked about this morning, uh, 
And I used, for example, Genesis chapter 6. And I showed you in Genesis chapter 5 the genealogy of Adam. In the genealogy of Adam, Adam lived 930 years. Now just think about that. Now, it's hard for us to even imagine. 930 years. But the thing about it is, I think about his mind. Because until Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Bible said, and Adam died. Jesus, God already told him, the day you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Well, that was spiritual separation from God. But something else happened to Adam. His mind began to corrupt. He ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which corrupted his mind. Now, his mind began to deteriorate. Now, I use this morning uh, an example. We're going to pray. Holy Spirit, we ask you to teach us, lead us, and guide us, and help us to understand your word. And then help the people who watch this broadcast understand your word. And we give you the praise and the glory for our growth, for our understanding, for our wisdom, our knowledge, and understanding. We all come from you, Lord. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for your great deliverance in our life. And Lord, help us and teach us and renewing our minds. Today we're talking about how do I do it? How do I renew my mind? Help us to do that, Lord. And all degree that prayer said amen. All right, now, I'm giving you the word to show you how to do it. First of all, Romans 12 told us, present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God. That's the first thing we got to do. We got to worship him with our lifestyle. Then God told us, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, God has showed us that it has to be transformed. Now, this word transform is the same word as renew. It means to restore. Restore to the former state. Now, remember I told you Adam was 930 years old when he died. In Genesis chapter 6, man went from 930 years with Adam to 120 years from Genesis chapter number uh, 2, 3 to Genesis chapter number 6. What happened? I'm going to read it. I'm going to show you what happened. In Genesis chapter number 6, let's see what happened. See, if you look at what happened, you can look what happened to the mind. Genesis 6, it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. Daughters were born under them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives all which they chose. They took them wives of all that they chose. And the Lord says, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Now, verse number five. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. God saw the wickedness of man was great in earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, watch this, was only evil continually. Now man has gone from good thoughts to all evil thoughts. 
Now, can't you see what happened to his mind? And then in verse number six, it says, it repented the Lord that he had made man. It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. What an awesome change. And then God said in verse seven, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both men, beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made him. Then verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What, what an awesome thing. Noah found grace. Noah was a righteous man, a just man. All right, now, watch how this grows. We started out with 930 years. Now, man was supposed to have eternal life. If he had eaten of the tree of life, not the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he could have lived forever from the beginning. Now, God already knew when he gave him the law that he was not going to keep it. Now, man began to multiply the face of the earth. His years went from 930 to 120. Now, watch, watch man in, Genesis, in, the, in the book of Psalms, once man was in the wilderness under the law. Watch what's going to happen to man in the wilderness under the law. His time, his time going to change. His time is going to change. How, how many know what chapter that is? Psalm 90, right? So let's go look at it. If we go to Psalm 90, let's see what happened to man. Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, Psalm 90. Let's see what happened here. You started off at 930. Genesis chapter 6, he went to 120. Now under the law. Now remember, you are not under the law anymore. But look what happened to Israel under the law. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Remember, this was a prayer of Moses, a man of God, when they were under the law. This is not for you today. Before the mountains were brought forth, forever thou hast formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. Thou turned man to destruction and said, Return ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight as but yesterday, when it's passed as a watch in the night, that carried them away as with the flood. They are asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning they flourish, groweth up. In the evening they are cut down and withered. Then he talked about, watch what he says. We, that, that's, that's not you, this is Israel in the wilderness. We are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquity before thee, our secret sins in, thy, in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. That, this is not us. We spend our years as a tale of this. The days of our years are three score and ten. Now a lot of people take this and say, oh yeah, the man only going to live 70 days. No, you're going to live 70 days. Because first of all, that is not God talking to you. That is Israel under the law. All right? Now, watch what it says. The days of our years... This was a psalm of Moses. Verse number 10. The days of our year are three score and ten. If by reason of strength, 
that there'll be four score, or, or the word four score is 80. Yet if there's strength, labor, sorrow, it is soon cut off and we fly away. Now, most people take that, but let's look at that as Israel to the law. My whole point is, Israel not under the law. Genesis chapter 6. They live 120 years. Now Israel under the law. They live 70 years. Now, are you hearing anything? Under the law, they went from 120 to 70. See? Under the law. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, let's begin to see this. Let's go to Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4. In Philippians chapter number 4, I'm going to read that out of the King James. I'm going to read it out of the NLT. Now, I gave you the word, renew your minds. And I told you the word restore, meaning to form, restore to the former state, repair, revive, or to make new. And it also means transform. Now, this word transformation is to change the change of the soul in a, into a divine substance. To change the soul into a divine substance of holiness. So, if God is going to change us into holiness, now he doesn't, he did it already by his word, in Christ, we are perfected in Christ. But this, this has to not only be on the word, on the page, in your mouth, but it also has to become reality. And how it's going to become reality, you've got to renew your mind. Now, to renew your mind means to make whole again, to heal, all right? To regenerate, to implant holy affections in the heart, to build up the mind. All these words... It's going to happen, but it's going to happen from the word rest. I'm going to give you several words, but that's one of the key words is rest. Rest is the cease from your labor. If God is going to renew your mind, you're going to have to spend the time in the word. You got to rest from your labor. All right. Now, that word rest means the cease from your labor, work or performance. To be at peace, to be at peace, to be satisfied, to be content. And you do that as you're relying and trusting the Lord. Now, we're going to look at this through this teaching, but this is what God's going to want. Now, we're going to go to Philippians chapter number four. You ought to be there by now. Uh, right before Colossians, we got the book of uh, Philippians. In Philippians chapter four, Paul is, uh, Paul is going to say something to the church. Philippians chapter 4. Now, I want to read that out to NLT. Philippians chapter 4. And I want to start reading with verse number 1. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my dear brothers, we read out the NLT. My dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and I long to see you, dear friends. For you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now, I appeal to you, Dias and Synthike, please 
because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And then it says in verse 3, I ask you, my true partners, to help those women, for they work hard with me in the telling others of the good news. They worked along with me in Clement and the rest of my workers whose names are written in the book of life. And then we're going to get to the message. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Now watch what he's going to say to them. Why is Paul is going to say to the church, always be full of joy in the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you something. We're going to come right back to, to Philippians chapter 4. And we're reading this out to NLT. But I want to go over and show you something in Proverbs 17, 22. You got your Bible? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 22. When you look at the book of Proverbs chapter 17, I'm going to read both of these together. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 22. I want to read Philippians. Proverbs 17, 22. And I'm going to read the one out of Philippians 4 and 4 again. Always be full of joy in the Lord. This is an awesome thing. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Now, why is he saying that? Because Proverbs 17, 22 says, A cheerful heart, a merry heart, is a good medicine. Medicine, you going to tell me joy is a medicine? Yeah. But a broken spirit snaps a person's strength. Now just think about what he just says. A merry heart do a good as a medicine, but a broken spirit dries your bones. Just the opposite. So this is very important because if you're gonna if you're gonna do what God wants you to do, then you're gonna have to live a life of rejoicing in the Lord. I'm talking about a life that joyful. Your, your walk with God ought to be joyful. That's why Minister Hayes, Minister this morning, uh, Minister Cassandra Hayes, draw me near. I want a closer walk. Why is that? Because your walk with the Lord ought to be joyful, more joyful today than it was yesterday. Philippians chapter 4 says this. Always, verse 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Now rejoice means always be full of joy in the Lord. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Now that's 2,000 years ago. I know a lot of people don't believe he came yet, but that's, that's them. Right there, he said, remember the Lord is coming soon. 2,000 years ago, you think he made it yet? All right, let's keep going. That's not my point. Verse number six, don't worry about anything. Now, whoa, wait a minute, we get into some big time stuff now. Because if I'm going to renew my mind, then I cannot be destroying it at the same time. Let me say it this way. Worry. Stress goes right along with hypertension, high blood pressure, all that stuff working against your mind. I'm going to name some things that I gave them this morning 
that works against your mind, works against your brain. We know bodily injuries. We know that because of boxing and football, contact on the head, beating on the brain. We know that can destroy cells in the brain. All right. But then drugs and alcohol. Now, I want you to look at this, drugs and alcohol, but I want you to look at the brain as a softball. All right? But uh, like a sponge. And it's very delicate. So think about it as snow. Now, if I take salt, you know if you take salt and sprinkle salt down on that snow, that round ball, you're going to have holes in it. That's what happens when you allow things to go on in your body as you're growing up. Now, here it is, a person got injury. They got some places, some gaps in their brain. Here's another person got drugs and alcohol. He got more holes. Now, here's a person has obesity, more holes, because now he doesn't get the sleep he needs. I told you this morning, when sleep go down, weight go up. Weight go up, sleep go down. But here's another one. When weight go up, your brain size goes down. This is a fact. When your weight goes up, the brain size goes down. Then the number five, number four I gave you was smoking. So many people do not understand. Right on the book, on the packet, it'll tell you, this will kill you. But that's what's happening. It's killing your mind. Then, high blood pressure. Now, you know, I heard this when I was studying for this lesson. Well, a person said, you know what? When people get 65 years old, they used to think of cancer. Now, remember, cancer is still very deadly. But more people are dying from Alzheimer's, dementia, than they are cancer. Now that's an awesome thing. You check the cancer status and you check people who are dying of Alzheimer's, both of them are very high. Dementia, both of them are very high. Now, high blood pressure. See, all of this, you got to bring it under control. A lot of this high blood pressure stuff comes from stress and worry. That's why I'm reading Philippians chapter 4, told you always be full of joy. See, you can't be full of joy and worry at the same time and stress out at the same time. Mary hard do a good like a medicine, a broken spirit drives the bone. See, that's what the Bible just told us in Proverbs. Mary's, Mary's heart do a good as a medicine, broken spirit drives the bone. Now, let me give you another one. We, diabetes. Diabetes. Too much sugar in the blood. A poor diet. See, as you get older, your diet's supposed to change. You're supposed to eat more green, more vegetables. I mean, more things that's garden food, vegetables, uh, green foods, you know, things that's going to help your body. 
what you put in your body adds to your health or take away from your health. I want to say this here about the brain. 20 to 30% of what you put in you have to go to the brain. Think about that. 20 to 30% of the calories of the vitamins and minerals is goes for the brain. And the body lives off the rest. That's how much your brain has to have to function. And when you don't give your brain enough of what it needs, it can't function properly. That's why rest, sleep, is so important. The average American, the average person in America, I'll put it that way, get less than eight hours of sleep. Now that's an awesome thing to know, get eight, less than eight hours of sleep. People just don't think they need eight hours of sleep anymore. Like I said, I talked about my mother this morning. My mother passed away when she was 92 years old. And my mother said this to me. I said, Mama, I don't call you before 6 o'clock. She said, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you're going to call me, you're going to call me before 6. Because 6 o'clock, I'm going to bed. I got to get my rest. Their study that I'm going to show you next time, that the body does more restoring itself between 6 o'clock and 12 o'clock. And most people never get to bed from 6 to 12. See, there are, there are times, there's a time your body can go to bed and, and be in bed and get restored. So the next morning, there are many times, now some of you out there listening to me, you know what I'm talking about. There are some times you went to bed, you laid down, you were feeling so bad, tired. Oh my God, didn't think you'll get up in the morning. Got you a good hour, eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours sleep. When you got up the next morning, you were refreshed. Oh my God, I feel good. Your body had a chance to restore itself. See, the body is made to heal itself. God made you to, to heal itself if you will give it what it has to have. And one of the things has to be sleep, rest, a good diet. Keep junk out of it. All right? All right, now, we're going to get into other words like exercise. Got to stay away from a whole lot of things. But that's, that's the basics. That's the basics. Now, let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. Because in Philippians chapter 4, I hope you're enjoying the word today. Praise God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Remember, rejoice means always be full of joy in the Lord. Then it says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. That's where we're at. First number six. Don't worry about anything. Well, now, that, I'm talking to some people out there who have lost their jobs, have been asked to close their business, and then here God says, don't worry about anything. Well, if, you, if he tell you don't worry about anything, then he's got to have a remedy. Let me keep reading. 
Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Praise God. Now, if God tell you don't worry about nothing, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. I, I want you to say that out there. I, I just feel that I believe there's somebody out there that need to take a moment and do that. Really do it. Take a time and do it. Say that with me. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. So that's what you got to start doing. So if you don't pray about everything, guess what? You're going to worry about it. Now, once you pray about it, don't worry about it. That's what you got to do. Man, I told you, I, I, just knew, I just know that God just spoke to a lot of hearts out there. God just spoke to a lot of hearts. I feel the Holy Ghost up on me right now. I'm going to say it one more time. <laughs> Praise God. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Because the God that you serve, the Lord that you serve, is able to do it. Let, let me show you something. Let me show you something. You, you right there, you just passed Ephesians. Let's back back to Ephesians. We'll be right back there. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Let's, let's go to NLT. Ephesians 3, 20. Watch what it says. Now, all glory to God, who is able, though he, through his mighty power, now watch what he says. God is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish indefinitely more than we might ask or think. Mm, mm, mm. Ephesians 3.20. Now the glory to God, now all glory to God, who's able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish indefinitely more than we might ask or think. Isn't that something? God that we serve can accomplish more than we actually think according to the power which worketh in us. That's why he gave you something in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Let's see what he gave you. Let's see what he gave you. Romans 12 and 3 said, because of the privilege and authority that God has given me, Paul says, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better then you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. King James said God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So God already given you what you need to believe him. Oh my God. What an awesome God we serve. Philippians, let's go back to Philippians because I'm, I'm not nearly done with this. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6 says, NLT, are you ready? Are you ready for this? Don't worry about anything. Somebody ought to talk to somebody. Some, you, need to, you, need to, you need to high five somebody or uh, tell somebody on the line, say something to somebody. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And then, then he's not done. Watch this. Tell God what you need. Good God Almighty. Tell God what you need. See, you, you keep telling everybody else, everybody else. No, nope. get up and pray. Get up and pray. Tell God your need. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all of my need 
according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You tell God what you need. And what did he say, Pastor? What's going to happen? And then you thank him for what he has done. Good God Almighty. Tell God what you need and then thank him for what he's already done. See, you got a whole lot to be thankful for. Thank him for waking you up this morning. Clothes in your right mind. Thank God this morning that you are still in the land of the living. Oh, you might have been through some stuff. You might have had the disease yourself. But watch this. God brought you out. God did it. You give him the praise, you give him the glory. Because we're not going nowhere until you do. Give God some praise and give God the glory. Because God brought you out. Just by you listening to me this morning, it's a testimony. I told you this morning, it has been in three months, March, April, May, we had nearly 90,000 deaths in America. That means over 3,500 deaths, 35,000, 35,000 every month. We just in the middle of May. In three months, we've had 90,000 deaths. 35, averaging over 35,000 a month for the last three months in America. And yet people still want to run in the world. You need to understand what God wants you to do. He wants you to be still. Don't be no fool. Don't be no fool. Let the world do what they do. God told you don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. You take this time while the world is being conformed, you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You spend some time with God. Let God turn your life into a life of prayer. Begin to pray. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Watch what this book says. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7 said, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Brother, I, I did a teaching years ago. It says, Peace is our confirmation. Oh, I have never forget that. The Lord said that to me. We had a young man in this church. I call his name. His name is Brian Gamble. Brian Gamble died at the General Motors plant here in Pontiac. And his family all went out to the hospital to see him. St. Joseph Hospital. And they had to, he was DOA. He was dead on arrival. And we was here having a service. And we got the phone call. That's my brother-in-law, my, my wife's sister's husband. Dead on arrival. And we was here praying, and that night, God gave me the word. He said to me, for us to pray. Anybody remember what the word was? Prayer generates power. 
Prayer generates power. He said, look, what we're going to do today, we're going to do like you do in a car. We're going to pray and we're going to generate power to Brian Gamble. God is my witness. Brian Gamble was laying on the bed. At the same time, all this happening while we was here, while we was in prayer, the Spirit of God moved on him. And when the Spirit of God moved on him, he moved. And they said, they said well, we, he seemed like he's got a little function or whatever. After a while, Brian Gamble began to open his eyes. We called him our Lazarus. He opened his eyes, began to shake his hand and looking at his wife. And his wife asked him, Brian, you know who I am? Yeah, I know who you are. They told my Brian going to have all the laps of mental laps and all this stuff. No. They had to do like Lazarus, take the strings off his arms and wrists for he can sit up and drink and eat. God generated power when you pray. I'm telling you right now, brother, if you know the Lord, pray. You don't need to worry about this situation. Pray. What do you need to be doing? What do you need to be doing while this situation is going on? Pray. Stay in God's faith. Get a closer walk with God. Develop a prayer habit. Learn how to pray in the Spirit. Something you've been wanting to do all these years. Lord, I want to pray in the Spirit. Begin to desire some things. Begin to see God do some things in your life. Man, I'm telling you right now, he'll change your life. Watch what had happened here. Verse 7 said, then you experience God's peace. Peace is your confirmation. Let me tell you something about peace. Peace is your confirmation. When you begin to pray, once it's manifested, once it's happened in the spirit realm, you can't pray about it no more. Because peace is your confirmation. I don't care how long you talk to God about something. Once God already okayed it, you can't pray about it no more. Only thing you can do now is say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You can't cry about it no more. You can't talk about it no more unless you're joyfully giving God the praise. You can't ask him no more. Because you know in your heart that thing already been done. Why? Because peace is your confirmation that God has already moved already moved. When Jesus came to the disciples after he rose from the dead, they were already in the room scared and locked in. You know what happened? Jesus stepped in. Oh, they was all, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Hiding from the Roman. Jesus came in and says, peace. Peace. He's not talking about, he's telling you who he is. The peace of God was passing all understanding keeps your heart and your mind. That's why you have God's peace. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. I'm going to show you, and that's why you got joy. You got to understand joy is not just I'm singing and praising. No, you got to rejoice. 
You got to operate in peace and joy, thanksgiving, gratitude, regardless of what's going on around you. You give him the praise. Tell him how good he is. Every day, develop a prayer life. Talk to him in the morning. Talk to him in the midday. Talk to him at night. Let him know how good he is. He kept you another day. Sickness all around you, but it doesn't come near your dwelling. You got to give him praise. Thank God for what he has done for you. This is the hour. This is the church, one of the, one of the finest hours in the church because we can declare God will keep you alive. Thank God Almighty. It's just like Israel was when they were looking over in Egypt. They saw the plagues coming up on the world. And yet, they didn't come near them. Oh my God. You know, I, I got I to read a little Psalm, Psalm 92, Psalm 91. I, I, don't, I don't know why. Somebody I hear just requested, I reckon. But I just got to go to it. Psalm 91. I just heard it. I'm going to read out the NLT. Psalm 91. Watch this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Psalm 91 and 1 out the NLT. Woo! Glory to God. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. I don't know who you are, but that's how we live. We are in Christ. We live in the shelter of the Most High. We'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Oh my God. That's where you get your rest at. On the shadow of the Almighty, just like, a, just like a little chick does underneath his mother's wings. Oh my God. Verse 2 said, this I declared about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. He will, oh, watch this. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. Good God Almighty. This is what our God, I'm talking about the Almighty God. I'm talking about our, our Lord and Savior Jesus who defeated death, hell, and the grave. Watch what it says. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God I, I, and I trust him. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his, with his wings. His faithfulness, his faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Don't be afraid of the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Don't dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the terror of the night. Don't be afraid of the arrow that flies in the day. Don't be afraid of the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousands are dying around you. Good God Almighty. Thirty thousand dead. Thirty thousand in March. Thirty plus thousand in April. And already in half of May, it's already been another close to 30,000. We at 90, 89 and 90,000 right now. People have died in America. But watch what God says. 
Let me read it again, verse 7. Though a thousand shall fall at your side, 10,000 are dying around you. These evils will not touch you. Woo! Good God Almighty. Feel like preaching a little bit up in here. Will not touch you. Evil all around you. People are dying all around you. But it would not come near your dwelling. Just open your eyes. Verse number eight. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. Open your eyes. Give God some praise that God let you live another day. Hallelujah. It's just like Israel was when they was over in Goshen. And there was the world over in Egypt. And the world would just seem like they was having such a good time. But one day, one day the plagues came. And they began to die over in Egypt. And God told Moses, said, you go back to Goshen tonight. Spend the night with the wife. You don't have to worry about it. This, what's going to happen in Egypt ain't coming over there to Goshen. And when they would have their plagues, frogs, flies, darkness, lice, all kinds of stuff and storm, it would go all the way over to the Goshen land and stop right there. Could not come. Could not. Could not come near Israel. Why? Because the God that they serve is their defense. The Lord is your protection. Watch what it says. Open your eyes. Verse number 8. Psalm 91 and verse 8. See how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter. Ooh, good God Almighty. I feel like going on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Watch what it says. If you make the Lord your refuge, verse 9, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No evil will conquer you. Last week, this is what God said to us last week. David said, I've been young, and now I'm old. i never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Let's take a walk. Let's take a walk with Abraham. Let's take a walk with Abraham and let's see what God getting ready to do in Sodom. Let's take a walk. Abraham is walking with God. They just got through fellowshipping. God's going to let Abraham know I come down to take care of some business over there in Sodom because of their wickedness. Because of their wickedness. And God had a prayer from Abraham. He said, Lord, I want to talk to you about something. Now, what about the righteous? Are you going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? God kept on walking. He said, well, no, no, wait a minute. What if there are 50 righteous? God said, oh, I won't destroy if I can find 50 righteous. Abraham, whoo, I'm about to talk some more. Oh, I'm about to talk some more. What about 40? I won't destroy it if I find 40. What about 30? What about 20? What about 10? Abraham, if I can find 10 righteous in Sodom, I'll save the whole city for the righteous sake. My God Almighty, you got to understand something. This is your final moment. God will take care of the righteous. David said, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. 
nor his seed begging bread. Somebody ought to give him praise out there to know that God will take care of his own. And if you're one of God's children, you ought to say praise the Lord, Pastor. You ought to say praise the Lord because God will take care of you. Care what you're going through. God will take care of you. Look at here. Psalm 91. This is so good. This is so good. Psalm 91. And verse 8 says, open your eyes. See how the wicked are punished. Psalm 91, verse 7. Though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand are dying all around you. These evils will not touch you. Verse number 10. I'm going to take a break. Oh, my God. I just, feel, I just feel the praise coming on. You know, you can feel the praise when you're coming on. Hallelujah. Psalm 91, verse 10. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. No plague will come near your home. Look what God says. But you got to make sure the Lord is your refuge. You got to back it up. You got to back it up. He says in verse number two, this I declare about the Lord, he alone is my refuge. He's my place of safety. He's my God and I trust him. If you out there right now, you ought to give God some praise. He says he will rescue you from the, every trap and he protect you from every deadly disease. God will protect his people. Psalm 91 and verse number verse number 5 says, don't be afraid of the terror of the night. Don't be afraid of the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the darkness or the disease. I'm sorry. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side. Ten thousand are dying around you. These evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes. See how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you and no plague will come near your home. Good God Almighty. My God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God. You ought to be glad you're saved. We're talking about renewing your mind. You got to stop talking all this other stuff that other folks talk. Renew your mind. God will take care of you. Verse number 11. He says, For he will order his angels. Good God Almighty. Woo! He would order his angels to protect you wherever you go. God would order his angels to protect you wherever you go. What an awesome thing. I talked about this morning, early time with the Lord, that I can sense angels walking all through my house. They're always there. I believe they're over my house. I believe they're around my house. I believe they're in my house. Because I'm a child of the king. My father is God himself. 
And that's how you have to be. You don't need to be worried about anything. Don't forget we left out of Philippians 4. We're going to go back there. He said, don't, don't worry about nothing. Don't worry about nothing. Pray about everything. We're going right back. Let me finish this Psalm 91 here. Man, I'm telling you, this is good, isn't it? Psalm 91. Psalm 91 says in verse 11, He ordered his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Now, I know he's talking about Christ. You may say, oh, well, you know that's about Christ, Pastor. You're right, but you know what? We the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Whatever God said to his son, he says to his children. We are one with him. He's the head of the body, the church. Verse 11 says, he would order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so don't, you don't even hurt your foot on a stone. You would trample upon the lion and the cobra. That's what our Jesus did. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. This is what our Jesus did. The Lord said, I'll rescue those who love me. That's what God says. I will rescue those that love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call me, I'll answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life. And I'll give them my salvation. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God. God, look what God said. All this stuff you're hearing, what did God say? I'm a newsman. I'm here to bring you some good news. Oh, I know you've been hearing about the bad news and all this other stuff that other folks is doing and all this. But let me give you some good news. I want to give you some good news. The good news in verse 14, Psalm 91, 14. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. The Lord says, I'll protect those who trust in my name. The Lord says, when they call on me, I will answer. The Lord says, I'll be with them in trouble. The Lord says, I'll rescue and I'll honor them. The Lord says, I'll reward them with, my, with long life. And God says, I will give them my salvation. Well, do you have Christ? He is God's salvation. Give the Lord his praise. Hallelujah. He gave you his salvation. Philippians chapter 4. My God Almighty. Philippians chapter 4. What are you worried about? Renew your mind. Start thinking like God. You're children of God. Stop thinking like the world. Stop thinking like the world. Stop thinking like your father. What would Jesus do? You think he was worried? Oh, no. Oh, no. They had a storm. Remember the storm? And he was in the boat, but the Bible says he's in the high of the boat sleep. Now, all this waves was raging, and the Bible said Jesus in the high of the, of the boat sleep. Isn't that awesome? Why would you think he was sleeping? Because he knew that his father owns everything. And his father is almighty, all-powerful. From everlasting to everlasting, he's still God. 
He wasn't worried. That's my father. I'm not going to let anything happen to me. Nothing going to happen to me. That's my father. Philippians 4, 6, out of the NLT. Don't worry about anything. That's where we started off. <laughs> Praise God. You got to renew your mind. Stop worrying. Stop being all stressed out. You can't fix it in no way. You can't change it no way. That's why you got God. You know, one of the greatest things I learned as a pastor when God told us to build this church, man, I tell you, I thought about it. And I sat down and I said, Lord, this is too big for me. I believe God began to clap his hand. I'm, I, I'm so glad you realize it's too big for you. Because when you realize things are too big for you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to trust him. As a matter of fact, God always allows things in your life to be too big for you. If it wasn't too big for you, you wouldn't need the Lord. You wouldn't need the Lord. But let me tell you something. I'm like Minister Eugene Edward Balls. This is one of my ministers here at Door Faith Christian Church. This is one of his favorites. And I love to hear him say it. We serve a big God. <laughs> Glory to God. We serve a big God. Man, when you get that in your spirit, I don't care what you're going through right now. You need to stop right there and say, we serve a big God. He's bigger than the coronavirus. He's bigger than the plagues. He's bigger than the plagues they have in Egypt. My son Earl II sent me a, a little plaque and it had Pharaoh looking over his shoulder. And it says, they're worried about one plague. Isn't that something? They had Pharaoh with his head like, oh, they worried about one plague. Because <laughs> Pharaoh had... Pharaoh had 10 plagues. Yeah, one plague has killed nearly 90,000 people in America. It's still deadly. Nearly 2,000 people are dying in the United States every day. And every day. And yet people won't turn to God. Philippians 4, verse 7, I'm closing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart. His peace will guard your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Ain't that good news? God's peace will guard your heart. God's peace will guard your mind. As you live in Christ Jesus. Well, I hope you enjoyed the word for the day. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Just thank God for his word. That's all we can do. And give him the praise and the glory for his mighty word. Because that's how God going to renew your mind. Renew your mind so you can start thinking more like God thinks. Stop thinking like the world. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get that word in your heart. So when situations arise, you can begin to speak the word. Stop saying what the enemy doing. Start saying what God doing. Our God 
He's an awesome God. Every head bowed. Every heart open. You've heard the word. What you gonna do about it? First Corinthians chapter 15. We always like to read this, this church, First Corinthians chapter 15, because this tells you how to be saved. First Corinthians 15, 1. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcome it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saved you if you continue to believe the message I told you. That's Christ's death, and resurrection. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what has been passed on to me. Here's the message. Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture says, he was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture says. If you can believe Christ died for your sins, buried in your place, he buried the body of sin, and then God raised Christ Jesus and you, if you receive him, to a new life. If you receive that, receive his Holy Spirit, who's going to make it happen in your life. Heavenly Father, I thank you as I receive your Holy Spirit right now in the blessed name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I receive your divine protection, your divine grace, your divine mercy. In the blessed name of our Lord Jesus and through your precious blood we pray. Call somebody and tell them the word is good today. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI.